Welcome to Carry On, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where the pastors get together and talk about what's coming up in worship this week. I'm Pastor Steve Thomason, and I'm here with Pastor Megan Torgerson. Yes, and Pastor Brandon Newton is still on his summer sabbatical. Wait, he's on sabbatical? What? I yeah. I just thought he was just trying to avoid me for like a month and a half. <laughs> yeah. And I just got back from two weeks of, uh, well, I had one week sabbatical with the rest of the staff. Right. And then uh, I, I was on vacation last week, so it's good to be back. And uh, we are continuing our summer worship series called Renewing Worship. Yes. Yes. We've been able to talk about different uh, parts of a worship service, what they mean for us, how we might think of them now. In some cases, when we're just getting back into being able to do them again after sort of a long pause here. And and also not only how uh, we might renew them, but also how they renew us. Yeah. And I heard uh, there was a big announcement made while I was gone about worship and coming back in person. What's the latest uh, update? Right. Well, and what's funny is that the the updates on our COVID protocols and how they affect worship kind of happened while we were all gone. They came just ahead of the 4th of July holiday. And so we've been kind of patching people through in the meantime. The update is that um, our Safely Reopening Campuses team and Vision Board have approved moving forward with lifting of most of our COVID restrictions. So right now, masks are only expected for those who are unvaccinated. Uh, we're doing away with most of our distancing requirements. And we're, we're working our way back into reintegrating some of those aspects of worship that we haven't really been able to do uh, because of COVID contact protocols. So things like uh, communion distribution, passing offering plates, more singing, all those kinds of things we're, we're working our way back into. And it's uh, a little nerve wracking, admittedly, but, but also really exciting and really hopeful. So folks, keep uh, being cautious, keep getting your vaccines. We're getting back to a worship life that feels a little more familiar, even as it's, well, hopefully been renewed and an expression of the life that we know now. Yeah. And it's a nice segue into uh, what we're talking about this week, because one of the biggest weirdnesses, is that a word, weirdnesses? Um, so uh, if folks, I'm an English major, and one of the best things to know about an English language is that it is a language meant to be used. So even when you use language in a way that isn't perhaps, uh, you know, canon, uh, it's still okay. So I'm going to say that weirdnesses is acceptable because you are using English in a meaningful way. Go for it. So we... So one of the biggest weirdnesses, one of the weirdest <laughs> things about uh, this whole last year and a half of worship is that we were not able to have baptisms. Well, first of all, we weren't able to have worship, period. And even when we came back in a very limited capacity to be indoors, um, we weren't able to have baptisms. We still haven't been able to have a baptism in a worship service. And so... At the very beginning of the pandemic, this was one of the biggest uh, conundrums for us because we're, we, baptism is a community event. It's something that it, our whole theology around baptism is that you do it in the context of a worship service because it is this 
public event where the entire congregation is uh, bearing witness to this baptism and is committing to the raising of the, if it's a child, the raising of this child, and if it's an adult, to the partnering with this adult in their faith life. And the, but then we couldn't do it. And so we were faced with this uh, challenge of, okay, we've got, um, you, know, you know, in our Lutheran tradition, we have primarily infant baptisms that we perform. And so we have all of these families who are lining up. And we thought, you know, we don't know how long this pandemic's going to last. And we could have like 400 people in line for when we open the doors and we, we weren't ready for that. And we didn't, and we also didn't want to wait and baptize these kids when they were graduating from high school. So we came up with an alternate plan. And so for the last, well, ever since last August, I think, so a full year, we came up with a plan where we had private baptisms and families, they could schedule a half an hour time slot and they could have up to 25 people and we would we were doing baptisms like that. So, Pastor Megan, how was that experience for you? Well, I'll I'll tell you. Um, I I have done private baptisms in the past, but only for exceptional circumstances. So, uh, considering this was a pretty exceptional circumstance, that part the 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 removing of a baptism from a community worship event wasn't unfamiliar to me for all the reasons that you've mentioned, Pastor Steve, it wasn't my favorite. It's that one of the most important things about baptism, I think, are those promises, right? The promises that God makes to us in baptism, the promises that godparents and parents make to a child, if it's a child being baptized, and the promises that we as a community make to the one being baptized to hold them and care for them and sustain them in faith. You take out that whole community promise aspect in a, in a really explicit and present way uh, when you can't have a baptism in the context of community worship. Now, the, the exceptional circumstances that I was used to were things like a parent going through chemotherapy who couldn't be in a room full of people for health reasons. And so the baptism had to be a smaller group. So, so I knew that health reasons had sometimes made for private baptisms. But this was like large scale exceptional reasons. Plus, we had to be even more cautious about contact because these are our babies and and families who have, you know, grandparents and mixed health statuses. So I'm used to doing things like holding the baby and splashing the water on her head. Friends, you weren't there to see it, but we couldn't even do that. We had to keep our six feet of distance from from parents and babies. And so what was awkward was also beautiful because while I couldn't hold the baby and splash water on the baby's head, I could stand from six feet away, say the words while one parent held the baby and maybe a grandparent or a godparent or another parent splashed the water. And so never before for me have the promises that it is not the person saying the words or the water. Those aren't the things that do the work of baptism, right? It is God, it is God's presence, it is God's promises that do the work of baptism, totally fully embodied by this enforced physical distance. So in its own way, beautiful, but if these are the only ways that I am doing uh, baptism in this community, in this in this place, um, I've never done that before. And it was, and it was weird and it wasn't easy. Yeah. 
It, I, I will agree with you the, in, in all of those things that was weird and different, but it was also beautiful to watch. Um, I mean, usually, usually it was, a, you know, the parents or a parent um, who was doing the baptizing and they had to bring their own basin. Oh, that's so, right. That's right. We couldn't even use the same font because if we were doing baptisms, um, you know, like, like Pastor Steve said, we were doing them every 30 minutes. And so if we had them kind of in sequence, well, you can't really be touching the same bowl and splashing the same water. And the best way that we could figure to alleviate all of those concerns completely was that each family brought their own basin. They all brought their own bowl. And in some cases, it was just, you know, the nice bowl that they had on the on the fancy china shelf but in some cases it was it was something special you know it was something that had been passed down from a grandparent or it was something that had been specially made and so again something that was really awkward and weird also became kind of beautiful and powerful yeah yeah it was so that that's how we've experienced baptism and as you know this worship series is all about renewing worship as we're coming out of this strangeness of the pandemic where worship was completely disrupted uh, and as we're coming back together we are looking forward to having baptisms in worship very soon very yes. soon and um, which gives us the opportunity then this week to talk about why like why do we do baptism what is baptism why do we do it and um, this is the second of the sacraments you know, we've been each week we were talking about a different aspect. Like last week, uh, Pastor Jenny Sung talked about, no, not last week, two, last week, week, uh, week, two Sundays two weeks ago. ago. Yeah, I've been out of the loop. Um, it's okay. We're all kind of working back into the loop. What did you talk about last week? I was on vacation. <laughs> Who are you? What are we yeah. doing? <laughs> what was last week's topic? Uh, I did uh, offering. So another thing that we've not really had a chance to do in the same way during worship, right? So, so folks, if you were there in worship, whether in person or online, you heard me say, you know, no matter what emotion crosses your face, when a, an offering plate crosses your path, uh, you can trust that I don't know what face you've been making because I've never seen it. I've never seen an offering plate passed here at Easter Lutheran Church. So, um, so hey, so it was really easy for us to talk about the mixed emotions we might have in offering because I've never seen you feel them. It's cool. The pressure's off. So yeah, some of these things that we've been talking about are things that we haven't been doing in worship, or at least not in the same way. And that yeah. same rule definitely applies to baptism. Right. So you haven't been able to share a baptism with the congregation yet uh, as a Correct. whole. And so we look forward to that. And so, you know, as we've been going through this series, um, we, we revisit each of these familiar things. And this week we revisit baptism. And, you know, it's a tricky thing to, to talk, to have the topic of baptism for a sermon because it's so huge. And, you know, we, te we teach baptism classes for people who are coming for baptism. I teach baptism and confirmation. Um, so I've got lots and lots and lots of material. And there's so many different angles you can take to talk about baptism. Um, one, one thing I will say is, as I was reflecting on it this week, preparing for this, um, the Bible, I, I absolutely love studying scripture. I've dedicated my whole life to studying scripture and teaching other people the scripture. And it's really frustrating because the Bible, nowhere in the Bible 
does the Bible either explain what baptism is or tell us how to do it? <laughs> Which, by the way, is why there's so much controversy in the church over baptism. So what, that's what, what's really fascinating is that um, when you read the documents of Scripture, in the Gospels, the Book of Acts, and in the letters, because um, it's really only in the New Testament that we're talking about um, baptism as we understand baptism, the, the fact that people are baptized is just assumed. And it's like, it's an insider thing that everybody who is reading these documents just already understands it. And so they never explain it. And they never give like an instruction manual on how to do it properly. And so um, where do you go? And so Pastor Megan, you chose um, one text as our base text for this week, which comes from Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 to 29, which is really pulling the, this one little thing out of context of a, a letter that is not about baptism at all. Nope. So um, why don't you read the text and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful lead-in. Here's a text that means almost nothing about baptism. Let's read it. Let's read it and see what it says. <laughs> so this, folks, is Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 to 29. Paul writes, Now, before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. All right. Here, so Pastor here ends the reading. And, and yeah. then it, it goes on to talking more about, uh, you know, what heirs are. And if you keep going, uh, you can also hear Paul uh, call the Galatians foolish and accusing them of having been tricked. So yeah, complicated indeed. I refer you back to our series on Galatians for if you want to understand Galatians. But Pastor Megan, of all the texts in the Christian scriptures about baptism, why did you choose this one and what does it say to you? So if uh, you're going to pick a Bible passage about baptism, as Pastor Steve has pointed out, you don't have a ton to work with because you have either stories of people getting baptized, uh, which are beautiful, but don't say much about what baptism is or what baptism does, or you can pull out uh, theological references, things that talk about uh, forgiveness of sins or God's grace or, or God's promises. You can pull out those passages, but they would be separate from actual references to baptism. Or you can find a reference like this, which is admittedly kind of a passing reference. He's just kind of naming baptism as one thing that makes this community one body, one community, one group, united, together, joined. Um, and so he's not, like Pastor Steve said, he's not actually really talking about baptism here. 
But the reason that it matters when we're talking about baptism to hear this passage is because he still talks about what are the effects of baptism? What what are the benefits of these promises? What happens in this sacrament? So one of the things that Paul is pulling out here is that in baptism, we receive this new, this renewed promise of God's presence and love for and with us, that in baptism, we are made something so entirely new that all of our other divisions and designations make less sense. They mean less than this claim and call that God has on our lives through our baptisms. So uh, as many of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. In baptism, we are are surrounded, we are enveloped by this this claim and presence that God has over our lives, that we we are made almost Christ-like in our own ways, made pure and, and given grace and instruments of God's mercy and able to bear that promise out into the world. These are things that baptism does. And so in these, you know, six terse, little theologically dense verses, we get one example of here's what baptism means and why it's so important. And even why it's so important that we do it in community right? Because it's so important we do a a baptism in a worshiping community because we are community. We are one body in Christ. And so as we're welcoming people into this body, we all got to be there. We got to be there to welcome and receive and affirm and celebrate those promises together. So it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a deep cut to, to be honest, but it's, uh, it's one of the best things we're going to get if we're going to talk about what baptism is and why we do it in worship. Yeah, that's beautiful. Let's just re- let's just take that recording and preach it. How's that? Oh, oh. Uh, well, you know, you uh, you could always just play the podcast uh, in the middle of worship if you if you choose. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for writing the sermon for me. That, that's You're welcome. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, Pastor Steve, I know you will find more <laughs> beautiful to say in your sermon. I'm not worried. I'm looking forward to it. Well, as you know, you you picked out the verse, verse 27 is what really captured my imagination this mm. time through. Um, just thinking about, you know, clothing. You know, at first I was thinking, right. you know, the t- the angle I was going to take would would be the, the obvious one, which would be water. Mm. And, you know, and, and water is a hot topic right now because we are in a drought and we are in what is going to become the hottest summer on record. And, um, you know, there's a, a name, a house in my neighborhood where the owner of that house, for whatever reason, chose not to run their sprinklers at all this year. And, you know, about a month ago when we were at, at the long stretch of drought, their yard was bright yellow. Like it, it looked like, a summer squash gleaming in the sun. It was just almost blinding. It was so yellow. But what was really fascinating to me is a couple of weeks ago, remember when we had that stretch of nice soaker rains, suddenly their green started showing up in their lawn. And, you know, water is life. Yeah. And, and then I was also thinking, looking at the news this last week, looking at the floods in Germany and the Netherlands, which they called it a once in a millennium flood in Europe, how water is also death. 
You know, it, it's so interesting how water is both life and death. And so, you know, that that would have been, that's actually what I thought the sermon was going to be about because, you know, it makes sense. And, and I might still mention that. But as I was reading the text again, uh, this idea of being clothed with Christ is what really stuck out to me because, you know, clothing, clothing is how we identify ourselves. You know, and you think about it, if somebody walks into a room with a purple shirt that has an angry horned man on it, you probably think they're a Vikings fan, right? <laughs> and, uh, but if a, a yellow, a green and yellow shirt comes in, then you've probably got, uh, you know, a little fight on your hands. And, and uh, we could go down the list of all the different kinds of clothing that identify us. And, and I'm thinking that Paul probably is purposefully using this metaphor because the whole argument in Galatians is about the, as you've already mentioned, Pastor Megan, is about the divisions between them. Because the, the churches in Galatia, very specifically, they were being divided around another uh, public right, which is circumcision, and how that was being used to divide people between us and them. And they're also, you know, in verse 28, we could, we could talk for hours about when he says there's no longer Jew or Greek, no longer slave or free, no longer male or female. It's like, really? Those things no longer exist? Well, I, that's not his point. His point is that the, the things that we wear to identify ourselves are not the things that, we, that, that matter in the bigger picture of the kingdom of God. And in, in baptism, we put on Christ. And that is just hard to actually know what that means, mm -hmm. but it's a beautiful image. And unfortunately, we're out of time, so we're not going to be able to talk too much about <laughs> so, it. Anymore, so if you want to know more about what that means, you got to tune in on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, so come in. So hopefully if you're still watching online, we still we will have worship online. We have that indefinitely planned. But we really hope that you'll try coming in, in person at 9 o'clock on the hill. Uh, where I will be clothed in my holy alb, and uh, <laughs> which, your fancy dress, as which I like is to supposed to, to my represent yeah. being clothed with Christ, by the right. way, and um, or come at ten o'clock in the backyard, weather permitting. Uh, if it does by any chance uh, rain, we'll be inside, but we can still be unmasked and singing if you, uh, for those who are vaccinated, and uh, so come and join us in worship. Uh, where we're going to talk about this topic and experience our our renewed worship as we slowly grow back into being worshiping together as we clothe ourselves with Christ together. So thank you for listening to this podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry, carry on the work of Jesus Christ. May the road rise on.